This downtown sports rant is being brought to you ad-free by Digital Market Battles, the marketing agency that helps your business fill their pipeline with high-valued leads. They will meet your conversion goals no matter what. Just head on over to digitalmarketbattles.com to schedule your discovery call today. Jonathan Pariente, the beast of the East, here with you, giving you a very special rant today. Not quite the typical rant that we normally do. I'll be giving you half of the NBA top 10. But rather than going backwards from 10 to 6, I'll be starting from number 6 and going all the way to 10. The NBA season is now just 8 more games to go. The playoffs are right around the corner. The play-in games are right around the corner. Playoff seating is still at stake. We could be in line for some very exciting matchups in the NBA playoffs this year. But which of the teams from 6 to 10 made that cut? Which teams could be the ones that could make some noise in these playoffs? I'm going to provide you every piece of that for my portion, and the mouth of the South John Schiavone will go from 1 to 5. I'd like to thank Tony Mainville for providing this NBA Top 10 for us. Always they do a great job, him and Chris. So let's begin with the team at number 6. And it's the Sacramento Kings. And you know what? This is a feel-good story in the NBA. How many years has it been since the Sacramento Kings were even in the playoffs? You know how long? Go all the way back to 2005-2006. So we're looking at almost 20 years. That was the last time the Kings were in the playoff. So we're looking at the days when Chris Webber was one of the stars with the Kings back then. He left the Kings after 2005. How crazy enough is that? So, that was one of the last times the Kings were a relevant basketball team. So they had to go through years of failure, of barely getting 20 wins a year, being kind of the laughingstock of the NBA for so long. Give credit to Mike Brown, who took over this team. Kings made a few additions. They did a few trades. The big one was getting DeMontis Sabonis. And right now he's in position to become the third center ever in NBA history to have at least seven assists per game. Adding Kevin Herter. Getting some good pieces in the draft. Developing the talent they already had. And really having a belief they can win these games. That's what the Kings have been able to prove in the league. And that's why the Kings are third in the West right now. And in a very good position to possibly have a very surprising deep run that maybe people didn't think they were capable of having. Kings at home this year are 21 and 15, 22 and 14 on the road, which is pretty solid. That's really impressive. And a conference record of 27 and 15. You have to love that. So the Kings stand in the three position right now. If we were to start the playoffs today, they would play the sixth seed. That would be Golden State. And how interesting a matchup that would be to face the very team that, by the way, Mike Brown was an assistant coach under Golden State with Steve Kerr during their championship years. So how interesting would it be that Mike Brown gets to coach against the very team that he served a few years under as an assistant, and now he has to face his old, his old head coach that he played under in Steve Kerr. Now, not as strong a Warriors team as they have been in years past. Maybe they're a team now that's finally on the decline. Their core is now getting up there in age. So you have to wonder, 
a young Kings team that's hungry, that wants to prove to the world that they're not the joke of the league anymore. This is a team that people now should take seriously. I'm telling you guys, the Sacramento Kings are going to make noise with the right matchup in these playoffs. And if everything goes the right way, and so far, up to this point, it has. Do not laugh the Sacramento Kings off anymore. This team is going to do special things in these playoffs. And in the position they are, I think they can have a very exciting run to showcase that to the world. And you know what? The two seed is not too far out of the equation for the Kings either. They could even get to play the one of the teams in the play-in game. Could be the Timberwolves, maybe the Mavericks, Pelicans, Lakers. Who knows? So things are really looking up for the Kings right now. And if they build, if they do this right, maybe they could get to the two seed, not even have to be a three. We'll see where that goes. Let's move on to the team at number seven. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they have quietly been building a good run. I said this a while back with Cleveland, because they were having a period just about a couple weeks ago where I was saying, when was Cleveland going to finally get on a bit of a roll here and pull themselves away in the East? Well, now the Cavaliers have done that. The Cavaliers now are 47-28. and 28. They've won three in a row. They are 29-8 and eight at home. And it was only a matter of time when this young talent was finally going to finally allow this team to take off. Because the talent was there. The talent was always there. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell. And right now, with the way the Cavaliers have put this together, they, by the way, had a very huge win against Brooklyn the other night, a last-second bucket by Okoro to allow the Cavaliers to not only win that game, but to further distance themselves as the number four seed right now. The Cavaliers are in very prime position to have at least home court. That's what the Cavs are going to can almost likely guarantee themselves. Now, they still have a few games left, including one against a team that's in the five spot behind them. That's the Knicks. We'll, talk, we'll see if we see them on the top ten. I wouldn't be shocked if we do. But here is where Cleveland now has put themselves, in a very good position in the number four spot. And honestly, if Cleveland is getting going now, this is about the perfect time for them to have started this little run because I had my questions. I had my questions. When was Cleveland going to show to the world we're a team to be reckoned with, we're a team that can get hot at the right time, and we're very dangerous? Well, with Darius Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and all these young kids click at the right time, trust me, the Cavaliers are going to be extremely dangerous in the East. Just as the Kings are in the West, Cavs have a lot of young players, and I think they're only going to be more dangerous if this team goes deep. They can shock the world just as the Kings can. I will be very fascinated to see if the if the Cavaliers, if maybe they could have a Cinderella run just as the Kings might, I think, could have one in the West. I think it's very, very possible right now as the four seed, they would take on the five seed, that being the Knicks. And I think that has the potential to be a, possibly could be the series you want to have your eyes glued to the TV. That could be primetime TV right there. And by the way, 
I'm going to move to the team that's at number eight because that is the Knicks. And in the five spot right now, but that lead is dwindling in that five spot. The Knicks could drop even to six, and that would be a bit of a concern as well. The Knicks have now lost three in a row after they were 42 and 30 at one point. They had a they put a nice winning streak together. They they salvaged a, a, a very difficult road trip out west. It ended, unfortunately, not kind of the way you would have liked. They had that bad loss to the Timberwolves, which was very upsetting because Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards were not even there. And then on top of that, the Knicks laid an egg against Miami, a team you should have been able to shut down, you should have been able to blow that game out of the water. And then on top of that, even worse, you fell to the magic last night. That was without Jalen Brunson. Now Brunson's hurt again. The big glaring point for the Knicks right now, for me, has been their defense. Giving up over 130 points over their last three games. Opponents have been lighting it up from downtown against the Knicks over the last three as well. Their three-point defense has, has started to get lackadaisical. Some calls have not been going the way of the Knicks, and Julius Randle has been slipping back into the 2022 Julius Randle all over again. He's arguing with the officials, complaining about calls. And Nick fans take notice. Nick fans will take notice of this. And then you have to wonder, well, is Julius Randle a team player? Is he a piece that should be a long-term for the Knicks? Uh, honestly, everyone's going to say that. The Knicks need Julius Randle. I don't care what anyone says about his, oh, you know, he complains about everything. He, he turns the ball over too much. Yeah, he does. Okay, he does. But he's a table setter on this offense, along with Jalen Brunson. If you don't have Julius Randle, this Knicks team will get killed. Period. He has been the constant when Brunson was hurt. He's been the constant before Brunson even got here. He was the constant that the Knicks even made the playoffs a couple years ago. And you need Julius Randle, particularly when you're going into the playoffs, as the Knicks are on the verge of heading to right now. The question is now, are the Knicks going to be a five seed? Or are they going to drop to six? Or, and I really hope this doesn't happen, do they have to be in the play-in game situation? Which I really think the Knicks want to avoid at all costs. That's what concerns me more than anything right now. That's what concerns me with the Knicks. Because when they play well, when they play their defense the way they're capable of, and we saw it in their 10-game winning streak a few weeks back, these, these Knicks can be untouchable. When Brunson, when Randall, when quickly when Grimes, etc. are all clicking on the same page, this Knicks offense can be deadly. If the Knicks play their defense the way Tom Thibodeau coaches, they are deadly. And they've shown throughout this year, the Knicks, that they can hang with all the top guns in the league. We have seen them take the Sixers to the limit. They've beaten them twice. We've seen them take the Celtics to the limit. Knicks have beaten them three times. We've seen them beat Cleveland. I've seen them beat Miami. I've seen them beat Denver twice. If this Knicks team can play the way they're capable of, there's not a single team the Knicks cannot beat. The problem is, you know who the Knicks are? You know who they always lose to? Themselves. They're their own worst enemy, sometimes when it matters most. So how do you deal with that? You have to make better decisions with the basketball. Julius Randle should not be holding the basketball and acting like a point guard over the last two minutes of a game. You need Randle. Of course, you need Randle in those crunch time minutes. 100% agree. 
But if Brunson's on the court, Brunson should be the one taking the ball. Because after all, he came to the Knicks not just to be another scorer on this team, but to take the slack off of Julius Randle, and more importantly, be the point guard that he's supposed to be. And that's exactly what Jalen Brunson has done. It's the turnovers that kill this Knicks team every single game. If you minimize the turnovers, Knicks will win. If you make too many turnovers and you do it late in the games, Knicks will lose. And that's why I think if they play Cleveland as the five seed, and yes, they will not have home field advantage, but the Knicks will at least have something in that matchup to really give us something excitable to watch. Because it will finally answer the question, if we get Cavaliers-Knicks in the playoffs, it'll finally answer the question, did the Knicks make the right or wrong move not getting Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell wanted to be a Nick, of course. He wanted to. He was from New York. Why not? But what was Cleveland offering the Knicks that had the Knicks back off? Hmm? At the end, I think the Knicks made the fine decision getting Brunson over getting Mitchell. Brunson's been, I think, more consistent to a degree. Minus the injuries, of course. Knicks have seven games left. They're going to be mainly playing under 500 teams. They have another series left with Cleveland to finish out this season as well. They have the Pacers. They got the Rockets. They have some under 500 teams to play. They just need to win a couple of games, and they can assure themselves of that five seed at least. If they beat Miami, by the way, which is a they have one more meeting with the Heat coming up, that assures the Knicks of the tie break, and they lock up that five seed, no questions asked. So everything's on the table for the Knicks to do things the right way. But let's see where they take it. That I'll be waiting for. Let's move to number nine on the top ten. It's the Phoenix Suns. And boy, is this basketball team <laughs> the epitome of an enigma. That's exactly what Phoenix is, an enigma. Yeah, the Suns sit at, what, fourth in the West, if you can believe, behind the Kings. They're 38-34. and 34. Kevin Durant's been hurt. And that's unfortunate, by the way, if you're Phoenix, because if you had Kevin Durant right now, the Suns would be blowing way ahead of the Clippers at five right now. By the way, that is who the Suns would play if we had that playoff matchup right now. It would be Suns-Clippers. The Suns would have the home field advantage, yes. But without Kevin Durant, I have to really ask myself, are the Suns more vulnerable? And I think they are. Because it's clear the Suns have just not played the level basketball that we saw them play against the Bucks in the NBA Finals. I don't think the Suns have been the same team since they, that NBA Final. They have not been the same basketball team. I think that series did a lot more harm to the Suns than I think even they realize. Maybe they know it. Maybe Monty Williams knows it. But the Suns have just looked a couple steps off ever since that NBA final against the Bucks. How, though, do the Suns get over it? Devin Booker can only do so much of what he could do. DeAndre Ayton can only do so much. Chris Paul can only do so much. When you have Kevin Durant, it completes this whole team. And right now, the Suns need Kevin Durant, and they need him by the playoffs. Because only a few games remain for Phoenix. In fact, only 10 games remain for them right now. 
Only 10 games remain. And the Clippers are breathing down their neck. They have three games coming up against the Lakers, Kings, and Sixers, which are very important games for Phoenix. They cannot afford to lose any of them. They need to distance themselves from the Clippers if they want to lock that four seed in. At this point, I don't know if they catch the Kings for three. I think that's really kind of out the window right now. But the Phoenix Suns have to start getting on a little bit of a run. You don't want to go into the playoffs on a slide. That's why I was very critical of the Knicks just earlier. They need to get on on a bit of a winning streak. You want to go into the playoffs with momentum. You go in cold, hurts the team's confidence. Players feel like they have to do too much. Then the players start thinking, should I be taking this shot? Should I be just making the extra pass and risk a turnover, perhaps? All those things play a critical role if you are Phoenix. So they need to take care of the business in front of them because it's not getting any easier from here. Now, I talked about the Phoenix Suns being an enigma. Now, let's go to the team at number 10. If any team has been a bigger enigma, in my opinion, of any of these teams, LA Clippers fit that bill. The Clippers are 39 and 35, right there at the 5C. They're just a game in the loss and win column behind Phoenix. And very easily, over these final 10, 11 games, either one of these teams are going to be four or five. Heck, Golden State is right there at number six. So you're going to see rotation between any of these three teams. And don't forget the Timberwolves and Mavericks and the Pelicans and Lakers. It is scary how literally two and a half games separate four and ten. How about four and eleven? I didn't even mention the Thunder are right there. Not even The Jazz are still hanging around. So it is almost scary how three games separate eight spots from four to 12. It's stunning. But that's how the picture is shaping itself out in the Western Conference. And you know what? It makes these games all the more rewarding and all the more competitive and all the more important. And for the LA Clippers, by the way, things just got a little bit more complicated for them. They lost Paul George for two to three weeks. So they're not going to have George, who's hurt. So now Kawhi Leonard is going to have a lot of of weight he has to carry on himself. And Ty Lue has a lot of uh, questions of where this Clippers team could be heading. And honestly, if Kawhi Leonard, and I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard hasn't carried a team before. He did. He carried the Raptors to an NBA title, as I recall, correct? And... Yeah, he did it a few years ago then. Can he do it again with the Clippers? I do not know. Because I haven't seen enough from the Clippers to really tell me this team could make that run. They play too up and down. They are too streaky of a basketball team. And for me, when this team can barely win at home, they can barely win on the road, They can barely win in their own conference. I have a lot of concern. Because honestly, I think all the other teams surrounding them 
play way more consistent basketball. Even the Phoenix Suns, if they have Durant, the Suns are dangerous. The Kings have all their pieces right now, and a young team, they're going to be dangerous. The Grizzlies just got John Morant back, so they're going to be dangerous when you, you know Durant, John Morant's playing. The Timberwolves also just got back Carl Anthony Towns, who had been out for since November. So you can imagine with him and Anthony Edwards, the Timberwolves are going to be dangerous. So the Clippers have their work cut out for them. To say they have their work cut out is actually being very kind. The Clippers are in a fight. They're in a fight to not be in the play-in game where they are situated right now. It's really incredible when you look at the West to the East and how different it is from the 4 seed to the 12, and how much more tight it is in the West compared to what it is in the East. It really is scary. But you know what? For some, this is how you want the playoffs to be. You want to have teams having a chance. Any team, no matter what their stat, their standing is, no matter if they're a few games under, if they're right in contention to be a playoff team, whether it's in a play-in game to earn up a shot to be the 7 or 8 seed, you'll take that any day of the week. And it is very wide open in both conferences. The East, you have the Nets at 7, the Hawks at 8, the Raptors at 9, the Bulls at 10. So just from 5 to 10, it's still about seven. It's it's a wider gap, yes. Yeah, seven and a half, six and a half games separate seven, four through from five to ten. Things can very easily flip. Things can very easily flip. Just from six to nine, it's a four and a half game difference for four teams. So very easily we can see a lot of we can see a lot of change happening over just ten games to go here. But for some of these teams who are kind of on the cusp of being in the play-in game or on the cusp of a playoff spot, maybe being in the 7 or 6 seed, these teams have to start winning games now because time's running out. And I can assure you, compared to the teams that the mouth will have that are at the top of the 5 on our top 10, their situation's a whole lot better than the teams that are at 6 through 10 because they have everything they need to play for right now or it could be the end of the season for them. So ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned, because these playoffs are going to be probably the most exciting playoffs that I really think we've seen in years. I know people are going to say it's not good, and the teams are under 500. When you get to see different teams like the Kings in a playoff, when you get to see different teams like... When you get to see different teams like the Timberwolves get in for the first time in a long time. Maybe the Pelicans get in. Lakers could possibly squeak in. The Thunder might get in with, with a young team. Maybe the Jazz get in with a under 500 team and not the same team they were a few years ago. You could be very impressed by some of these teams that actually fought to get into these playoffs. And no matter how you start, it's how you finish. Most important thing. Sometimes it's not how you start, but how you finish. And this finish at the end could be one, maybe one to remember, perhaps. We'll just have to wait and see. 
But that's going to do it for my edition of the Top 10. Now for South, John Schiavone will have his five teams from 1 to 5. You can listen to that later on. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 22 different platforms. We are on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Static Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, Podacy, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and Spotify for Podcasters, the new anchor, and Spotify merged into one. Rants, episodes, digital market battle specials, just like this one, every single week. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. Jonathan Perriente is a beast of the East Center. Goodbye.